Welcome to the Just Off Glen podcast with your host, Christy Alexander, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and change makers. Just Off Glen. Hi, I'm Christy Alexander, and I'm excited to shine a light on all the people who are making the Glens Falls region a great place to live, work, and play. Thank you for joining me uh, for our first episode of Just Off Glen. Today, we're sitting down for a conversation with Jim Ziplon, the newly appointed president of the Economic Development Corporation of Warren County. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Thanks for having me, Christy. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for making time to talk with us. First question. Hot topic on everybody's mind when I came in this morning, and I know the people in Glens Falls want to know, hot dogs, is it a sandwich? <laughs> you know, uh, that is a more loaded question than it probably appears. I, I, I don't believe so. No, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not on the sandwich side of that. But I think if you spend some time around New Way, you'd get all kinds of different opinions about that. Yes. And you're referencing New Way Lunch, which is an icon here in Glens Falls. Yeah, I, I, I had my first uh, dirt dog a number of years ago. I'm fully blessed into the whole tradition. Yeah, I was little when we first went and uh, lots of stories, lots of, um, you know, uh, shenanigans that my dad and his brothers played in the city of Glens Falls <laughs> around New Way Lunch. So, all right. Well, now that we know unanimously, everybody this morning also said, not a sandwich. Are you crazy? <laughs> it's its own thing and it's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So for um, for our listeners, I don't want to assume that everybody knows what the Economic Development Corporation is, what you do. So would you be willing to share that with us? Of course. Uh, you know, that's a good question. I, when I came to town a number of years ago, um, it was one of the first organizations I met when I was looking to build and establish a business here. And I, I had the same question, you know, who are these people and what is it that they actually do? Right. And uh, I got a first person introduction to it. You know, what happened was we, we came as a potential new business and not only did the EDC come to act as a ambassador and a navigator through that process, but they brought basically all of the goods and resources of the place with them. Nice. And, uh, and from that, we were able to successfully find our way here. And, and so I, I, from the inside out, immediately understood how valuable this was to have not only an entity that understood business and could figure out how to help it uh, establish itself, uh, grow, expand, enter new markets, all of those things, but also just to act as uh, somebody who, who gave you uh, a center of gravity in the space. And in today's world, sometimes that feels old fashioned, but it's actually more needed than ever. The, right. the whole workforce is uh, essentially de uh, decentralizing, it's fragmenting. Yes. And finding resources to solve a particular problem becomes even more vexing. And so uh, our job is to go establish the business uh, climate for, for not only the city, but for the entire county and, and increasingly the region. And what that means is obviously we answer the phone when somebody's interested in bringing a business here or if there's an existing business that's looking to expand. But we're also looking strategically are what are the things that make this a great place to do business? And how do we continue to invest in those? How do we continue to ensure that the community values those? And how do we make sure that those kind of commitments uh, sustain? Because oftentimes in our, uh, in our political world, things move from regime to regime or from uh, term to term. Right. 
And there are some things that take years in order to establish, you know, road networks or uh, commitments to infrastructure take years to really uh, come to fulfillment. And you have to have uh, an organization that provides continuity to ensure all that occurs. So those are all the things we work in. Uh, one of the things that I've discovered is that like every other part of the world, COVID has blown up the model and we now have to kind of reinvent it for that as well. And I'm smiling because I don't think that that's a bad thing. <laughs> I think that maybe in some areas and, and in a lot of ways, COVID brought the change, that, that, the blow up that was needed for the change that's necessary to move us forward. Yeah, you and I have talked about this before. I, one of my uh, observations about COVID is that it acted as a giant accelerator for things that were either underway or, or highlighting things that maybe we kind of knew but weren't really acutely aware of. Right. And so the, the idea, for instance, that the workforce was moving increasingly to being independent and uh, essentially decentralizing, that was underway right. before COVID. But COVID just put an enormous acceleration on that. And also in a tremendous strain on the models that would support that. And so um, real estate is affected. Uh, communications networks are affected. Um, the, the fabric of day-to-day business and uh, just life in a place like this was affected. Right. And all of those things to me need to be uh, addressed because while we all hope that we are coming through this side of the pandemic, we will, maybe similar to 9-11 or other cataclysmic events, we will never go back to a world that was ever like it was before. Right. And as you say, the, the goal would be to try to figure out how to have that be a productive entity and, and thing instead of a uh, confusing and uh, threatening thing. Right. Right. And it can be done. It can be done. And we, we have a role in that. Uh, you know, I, uh, I've even been trying to point out to people uh, that economic development was typically about trying to attract companies. Right. Increasingly, companies are one and two and three people, and they can work anywhere. They're not things that necessarily throw out goods or even broad uh, amounts, high volumes of services. They're a person with a set of skills that can set up shop anywhere. Right. It's, it's not necessarily a, a company that takes up large amounts of space out beyond exit 18 for a manufacturing plan. I appreciate that there's this recognition now that, um, you know, that it is an independent or a two or three person company. Well, and, and that, by the way, to some people that sounds like there's less, but there's actually much more of right. it. You know, the, the old model of trying to attract a company like Just, which is where I, I came into this area, was, you know, we're going to go establish this new kind of bottled water company. Today, that, that company is entering its seventh full year. I don't believe it has 50 employees. And I, I never believed that it was going to be a massive uh, operation that was going to employ hundreds and hundreds of people. Right. But- Think about that. Seven employees, that's a global brand. I mean, seven years, and that's produced less than 50 employees. But the ecosystem that surrounds Just is hundreds of people. Right. And those are creative people, and those are people that work in the sales and distribution, and those are the people that are involved in all kinds of extended 
parts of the, the company's mission and they work in scores of communities. And so I look at this and say, instead of chasing factories, which of course we would certainly welcome to sure. the extent that they're sure. available, we need to make ourselves open and, and welcoming to that ecosystem that supports organizations like that. And every time that a handful of people like that come, they, they, first of all, they bring with them a set of skills. And second of all, they, they generally tend to be as professionals, uh, higher economic impact to the community than, uh, say, um, the, the model we would have had with a factory. Right. And the other thing is they don't require a, a giant slate of incentives, whether they be tax incentives or cash in order to acquire them. They, they do require certain things. They're sure. looking for certain things in order to decide where to be. But those are investments that deliver value to the entire community. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and there, there, those are things that we've been over the years working on to make this place more attractive. So everything falls in line. You know, the, the very first thing that happens is that I've discovered anyway, people decide where they want to be. Now they do that for a whole variety of reasons. Right. You know, some of them come for the remarkable recreation and, and outdoor life here. Some of them come for the charm and the quality of life in a small um, but still uh, attractive urban setting. Right. And some of them come for perceived uh, safety, tranquility, lack of traffic. Uh, School systems. All of, the, all of those factors uh, weigh into somebody's decision. But whatever it is that, that drives them to consider here, when they come here, they look for many of the same things. They look for housing stock that is both affordable and attractive. They look for work-life balance. They look for amenities in the community. They look for places where they can, like this, where they can work without having to make an investment in uh, long-term real estate. Um, they, they also look for uh, people that uh, they can connect with. Right. And, and, for, and for a life that they can connect with. Yes. This is one of the greatest strengths of this area. Absolutely. If you come, say, from the New York City area and you've been living in Brooklyn for the last number of years, you're literally in a community that's, that's so large that it's, it can seem like it doesn't matter whether you're there. Right. And to so many people, that's a missing part of their life. And here, you can contribute in almost any direction that works for you. Right. And, and in a meaningful way. And that becomes part of the currency of why this becomes, uh, you're paid not only in terms of the remuneration you make from your life or your profession, but also from these other facets of your life. And we're increasingly finding that those are as attractive to them as how much money they could make. Absolutely. People need purpose. I've said that for years. People need purpose. And when they have purpose, they can do amazing things. It's really fulfilling. So. Um, you said your first introduction to the EDC, Economic Development Corporation, um, was when you came to town with Just. Is it, is it Just or Just Water? Well, the brand is Just. Just. Okay. Our so, core product is Just Water. Okay. So I want to know a little bit about Jim. Tell us about, because you, you had um, worked with Fiji Water and um, um, Rethink H2O and just. So tell us a little bit about your passions and how those passions took you from 
each of those companies to the next. Well, I'm an old guy. So, I mean, you, all you did was just label the last couple of things, but, uh, uh I, I did. Yes. There were others. And I don't think you're that much older than me. <laughs> well, I mean, it's important. Maybe it's helpful for people to understand that I'm a long way from home. I, I'm an astrophysicist originally. Right. And so, uh, and for the first part of my life, that's the work I did it was all space related work for, uh, both. I did some NASA sponsored research and I also worked for the air force. I was in the air force for eight years. Mm -hmm. And when I left there, I, I worked in telecommunications for a while. We could talk about that chapter, that the whole WorldCom uh, MCI saga is its own chapter in a book someday. I was there for all of it. Um, and, and then I went to work for GE for a number of years and all of those are interesting chapters, but mm -hmm. the, the part you're talking about, the most recent part, I think has been the most fulfilling for me. And uh, I went to work for a company that eventually bought Fiji water. I was doing a number of other things for them when they bought Fiji water. Okay. And, uh, and I was really intrigued at the idea of going to Fiji to help grow that operation first because of the business challenge of it, but second, because Fiji water is a disproportionate part of the Fijian economy. When I was there, it was roughly 15% of what we would call the liquid cash economy. One out of $6 that was flowing into Fiji was coming to Fiji water. Wow. That's a remarkable opportunity if you run a company like that well to see what kind of uh, relationship and role you can have in making a place better. And so that was what really attracted me. And when, when I was there, we worked on all kinds of things. And we put the uh, Sovi River uh, watershed and, and rainforest under 99 years worth of preservation with Conservation International, for instance. And it's not really well known that Fiji does this. I, I, I wish they would do a better job of maybe explaining this to people. But um, I also worked very hard on reducing our carbon and our water footprint because there's nothing we could do about the fact that we were shipping a product from across the earth to the places that wanted it, but we wanted to do that in the most responsible way we could. And when, when I did that, I discovered that there really wasn't a lot of resources out there to help people reduce their water footprints. We were using five liters of water for every liter of water we put in a bottle. And I really wanted to reduce that. Today, they use less than a liter of water than for every liter they put in a bottle, which is a, a really remarkable achievement. That is a big reduction. Yeah. And, and that, I learned a lot in that process. And so when I came back to the States, I formed my own company called Rethink H2O to try to help other people with this. And in fact, that organization still exists today. Um, it it kind of ebbs and flows based on how much time I and, and the others that are involved with it have to put in it. But, mm -hmm. but we've done some really fun things. Um, we have water systems all over the US and in a couple of things we've contributed to across the globe. Uh, I've worked on water systems in New Zealand and in uh, continental Africa. Uh, all across the United States and the Caribbean. But um, the, probably the most notable thing is we have a system, a giant system in the bowels of Cedar sinai Hospital. That's where Tiger Woods just got taken. You know, okay. it's, it's the largest hospital in Southern California, one of the largest in the country. And they have an enormous campus. And that campus uh, sits in, the, the building sits so low, you know, the foundation of it, that it's in the water table, even in a, a water... Um, drought ridden place like Southern California. And so they are constantly dewatering to get that water out so that it doesn't flood the substructure of that building. Right. And what we did was help them treat that water in such a way that they could use that water instead of bringing municipal water in primarily for things like running their cooling operations and a lot of their industrial operations on the campus. So, um, the, the toll of that is that depending on how, uh, how strenuous they run that between 20 and 30 um, million gallons a year. 
that, wow. that we are saving. Um, to put that in context, the city of Los Angeles had as a goal by 2020 that they get to 100 million gallons. And uh, that one system we put in was more than 20% of that wow. by itself. And it won, the, it won the award as the water system of the year. So we're really proud of that. And that, that's the work Should I was be. doing when I came here. Okay. Um, what happened was a number of people who were interested in changing the, the game for bottled water asked me whether or not I would be interested in participating in that. And that's, that's how I found my way to Glens Falls and, and just emerged out of that. Okay. And our, our goal with just there was to essentially try to build a profitable model for bottled water that would change all the rules. Obviously we put it in paper instead of plastic. Right. And even the plastic components that are used in the bottle are made out of renewable materials from sugarcane. And uh, then beyond that, probably the thing I'm most proud of is that we constructed what I call a fair trade water agreement with the city of Glens Falls. The city of Glens Falls has an enormous water reserve that was built for industry that's no longer here. Most of it is left. And they built this remarkable water system that, that brought water from the southern Adirondacks down into the city. But unfortunately, it just isn't very much industry to use it anymore. And what we said is, what if we took some of that water that was originally being used for these purposes and we found a market for it? And what if we paid many times more for that water than anyone is paying for water here because it's a discretionary use of that resource? And if somebody wants to buy a bottle of this water and, you know, carry it with them on the streets of New York City or in Chicago or Los Angeles, we believe that that might be a financial benefit to not only to Glens Falls, but to the resource itself. Right. So uh, we worked out an agreement with the, the city to pay six times more for a gallon of water than anybody pays uh, in Glens Falls. And we have from the very first day. And that means every time somebody buys a bottle of water, uh, a just uh, bottle of water, they're contributing to the preservation of that watershed, to the improvement of the water systems here in Glens Falls, and to the overall vitality of the community. That's, to me, a change in the model for how bottled water should work in any good that is using a community or a area's natural resources. Now, it's hard. I don't know. That model really hasn't taken off, but I'm still hopeful that someday it will, because I really think that that would be the most meaningful way to build sustainable products that actually deliver value back to the communities in ways that go beyond just pure jobs. Right. Right. Jobs and taxes are the way we typically see those things. Mm -hmm. I also think that there are, there are things where the resources and the ingredients themselves can, can carry value and, and deliver value back. And that's what we were trying to do. So that's what I came here to do. But, um, well, along the way I, I came along to EDC and, and then, um, I've been on the board of the EDC ever since they helped us get established because I really wanted to try to help the organization that had helped us. Give back. That's fantastic. So Go ahead. You served on well, the board. And then, you know, we had this terrible tragedy in the past year where we lost right. uh, Ed Bartholomew, who is an icon here in, in this, not only our city and our, our county, but the whole region. Right. Uh, perhaps nobody better known in upstate New York for thinking long term about these kind of issues. And Ed passed away uh, far too suddenly and, and none of us were prepared for it. Um, so uh, I had just recently left Just. I, I had kind of felt like I had accomplished what I came to do, which was to go build that and put it on its way. And it was time for others to kind of take it to wherever it was going to go, which mm -hmm. is just to be a, you know, a brand. And, um, and so I wasn't quite sure what I was going to do next. And so I stepped into, uh, 
the role just to try to help the organization stabilize itself and to make sure that we continued during the pandemic to be a resource to the community. And that was really important to me is that we uh, not lose any traction because of what had happened. And, and then I found that I loved it. Like, like every day I wake up thinking, how can we do something more? How, what, what else could we do that would make this place the great version of itself that it wants to be? And there were so many people that were so much fun to work with. And there was, uh, you know, it, it's ironic part of the pandemic that we wound up problem solving across public and private boundaries in ways we hadn't before. And uh, I found that so compelling and, and also unprecedented. It, right. it's, it's even other places that are experiencing the same thing that we are haven't done that. And something special is, is here. And I was so uh, excited to maybe be a part of that long-term. So I, I said to the board, I, I would really like to do this long-term. And then they went through a process to determine whether or not that was the right thing. And I think we came to an agreement. Well, I think that's fantastic. I really appreciate your passion and your, your investment that you're making in this area. And, um, I, I was on the call and heard or the, uh, the, the meeting, the EDC meeting and heard. And uh, the first thing I thought is, I wonder what was going through his head when they approved that, when you found out you're, you are appointed the president. What, what did you think? Well, to me, it was, um, it was one of the greatest uh, honors of my life. Uh, truthfully, because I've done big things, you know, like when I was running Fiji water, it was the biggest company for thousands of miles. And, um, and I've had other really notable things go on in my life, but I really wanted to be here and do this. And the opportunity that the, the way that the community then, uh, reciprocated and said that we would like you to also be here to help us with this. It was, um, uh, it was, it was really gratifying. I, I feel like this is where I am supposed to be. And now my challenge is to find a way to make sure that I am being the best uh, steward and uh, servant that I can be. Um, but I believe, um, you know, if, the, if this is my final chapter, it would be a wonderful one. And I, I would be really thrilled with it. Uh, that, you know, to, ask, to answer your question, that's a really long-winded way of saying it was, uh, it was a really great feeling. That's awesome. Well, personally, I felt a sense of relief as in we've got the right man for the job. Now we can move forward because there's that kind of up in the air feel of, um, you know, the interim and, you know, casting a net for the search. And, um, you know, for me personally, it was like, okay, let's go <laughs> because I've been watching and been able to witness, um, you know, different, the different interactions of the board and people coming together and, and, you know, hearing about the different organizations kind of crossing over the boundaries, so to speak, to work together. And just, there's just this, this feeling of excitement that I get that says, you know, we're ready to move forward. We've got something really special here and uh, now we can go. Well, I'm so with you on that. And quite honestly, you, you know, you, you've been exhibiting this kind of 
uh, persona yourself from just when you establish this and your uh, persistence to it to me is the kind of thing that I'm talking about that makes me feel like we're onto something special. Uh, I've, I've been impressed by that from the very first time I met you, Christy, and, and you're part of this fabric that, you know, I think most people who are here, it's almost like being a parent. You don't recognize how special your, uh, your child is because you're with them every day and you, you're not with other kids enough to know. But um, I, I can tell you, my wife and I have moved 14 times since uh, we've been married. I've been all over the world, and this place is remarkable. And this is, uh, we're at such a unique period of time. People, I think, sometimes get confused that there's been net migration out of not only this area, but New York in general. Right. And I think they feel like this is going the other way. They're, they're so wrong. For the next 50 years, there's going to be this enormous renewal and in interest in this place. Yeah. Because there is no existential crisis here. Right. We, we don't, our place is not on fire. It, you know, we don't have tornadoes rolling through here. Right. We, we, we are certainly not immune from the effects of climate change, but we are certainly buffered from many of those things. We have unlimited natural resources. We have developed uh, in a balanced way to where the, the land and the economy have been looked at together in ways that other places will never be able to go back and revisit. Um, we don't worry about how long it takes to get from one place to another. Right. We don't worry about whether or not we have to lock our doors. Right. These are things that in most other places you, you can't imagine. And we have it as part of our life. And so the world, as they discover it, is going to continue to come. Now, it's our job to go figure out how to make that the best version of that that it can possibly be. Right. Taking all of the great strengths and all of the contributions and uh, legacies of people who have been here for a lifetime or, you know, families that have been here for generations and mingling that together with the benefits of new people and the ideas and energy they can bring right. to produce the best of both. Right. Absolutely. Um, I, I, I read an article that had said that people were leaving the New York region. And I thought, you're crazy. You have no idea. I, I myself, just a small business, work smart, co-working and meeting space, have only been established a little over two years. And sometimes I try, you know, I, I really don't want to count 2020 because it was a COVID year. It was like, oh man. But me as a, as a newly established company, I'm getting phone calls from people saying, we're looking at this area. My husband's on his way to um, talk with a, a real estate agent and we want to start looking for our homes. And, you know, we work in a co-working space where we are and we want to make sure we can do that here. And then throughout the course of conversation, talking with these people and in there, there, there's an interest in coming here, but there's an interest in coming here. And what can I add? What can I bring to the table? You know, and one person in particular, she said, now, listen, I'm, I'm not trying to say that you don't have fantastic waterfronts. I'm just trying to say that we, we're skilled and we have a level of expertise in this area. And we'd love to know how we can help develop your waterfronts. We'd love to know what organizations there are doing and how we can be a part of that. So I, it's so exciting to hear somebody call you and, and say, 
we want to roll up our sleeves and get involved and be part of the fantastic work that you're doing. Yeah. You know, the, imagine a couple of years ago, if somebody had said there's going to be scores of people with skills that are uh, all over the spectrum of human and intellectual capital, and they all were going to express an interest in coming here and they love what uh, you have and you, your challenge is figuring out how to best utilize them, how, how to attract them, how to support them, how to help deploy them, uh, how to help them be fulfilled in the best versions of themselves. I mean, can you imagine if somebody had said that's that's going to be the challenge that we hand you right. versus overseeing the loss of uh, you know factories and uh, shrinking population base and right. all right. the other challenges that I think were so they, they were sitting in front of us but they were masking this other thing right and and now look we still have to deal with all of those first order stuff right. but the second order stuff that's behind it is it's not just a theory I mean, the numbers that i'm uh, starting to uncover even in the first few months of me taking this job are clearly validating that you know our, we can see it in terms of the pressure on the housing stock already and so now the question is how to quickly get in front of this in a way where we feel like we're managing it to the outcomes that we could only have hoped for right. before and uh, finding people like you that are already, I mean, you, you got a couple year head start on everybody on this because you are already thinking about this when they couldn't quite see it on the horizon. And so to me, you will be part of that ecosystem that is always uh, helping us to address that, which is why I'm, I'm so glad to support you and this organization and love to be on this podcast and continue to try to find ways for us to partner with you because you saw it and you're investing in it. And so uh, to me, you're, you're a big part of the future that we can both, you know, hold out there and, and be working towards. Well, I consider it a privilege to, uh, to be a part for sure. Um, I don't take that lightly. Um, I would like to take people to your neighborhood in Glens Falls, not your specific address, but Give us an idea of what it's like to live in the neighborhood that you live in. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, a, a typical day for me uh, would, you know, be taking my dog for a walk in Crandall Park um, and then imagining for maybe later in the afternoon, I'm going to be able to steal some time and play Frisbee golf or maybe play pickleball or tennis with my wife or, you know, they're, they're just the recreation is sitting around the corner from right. almost any of us is, is really remarkable. And then, um, you know, I, I get up and, um, I, I'll have, uh, I'll have breakfast with, uh, with my wife and, and then I'll wander into downtown Glens Falls where I work. And it's literally my, my, Daughters used to call it Stars Hollow, which is the uh, set town from the uh, sitcom The Gilmore Girls, this <laughs> mythical place in Connecticut that, you know, is this romantic uh, ideal of what a small town would be to a millennial, except right. when they walk around here, they think it's actually what it is. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I get the opportunity to be in that place, you know, to have lunch in that place or to meet somebody for coffee in that place. And then I get to work with these remarkable people who are running uh, ventures and ideas, big and small. And then, uh, you know, at night, I might be able to go in a normal time to a, a hockey game, literally walk from my house right. to a hockey game. 
Um, I mean, that, that sounds like something from the 1950s, except right. it's right here. And uh, I, I would have a, a drink or a meal at a world-class restaurant that is literally bringing uh, products straight farm to table without necessarily having to even describe it because it's just the way it works here. Right. You know, um, I, I, I would have a craft uh, beer at any number of places that uh, are just cool and that I love hanging out in. Um, and then I would see uh, friends and people and everywhere I would go, I would have something to talk about with people who I share something with. That's a day yeah. in Glens Falls. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and that seems to some people like mythology. Right. And that's why they, it doesn't take long to fall in love with this and say, how, how can I not only be here, but how can I make this, um, you know, true for others and, and to, to make this even better. Right. Yeah. It's, it really is something, it's something special. It's there, there is such community here. And, you know, one of the things that, um, being a, a fairly new industry here in Glens Falls, co-working, so many people still are are saying, "What co? What do you? What did you say?" Co and I'm having to to describe it and use words to help them understand. But one of those words that I'm constantly using is community. Is that sense of community that you'll you'll feel when you walk in? We we had a gal here a couple of weeks ago and. Um, it was her first time here and she's launching a, a brand new business and she's got two little ones and she came in and I hear these guys chatting with her and they're, they're just idea after idea. And I, I said, she, she came here to work, right? <laughs> You're going to let her work. Right. And she's like, they're talking to me about things that I never even imagined. And if I hadn't walked through the door, I never would have met them. And I never would be on this path. And I thought I came here with a list of things that I wanted to do today. And they've just added to my list, but in a good way. And, and that's that sense of community, that sense of understanding. We can't, none of us are going to do this alone. You, you're not going to, um, you know, operate and, and run the Warren County Economic Development Corporation in a vacuum. And I didn't launch a business in a vacuum. We need each other and we play a vital role in supporting each other. And can you talk a little bit about that as far as where, where you're coming from and the community that surrounds you and, and supports you and, and um, how necessary that is? Yeah, that's a, that's a wonderful picture that you, you painted there. Uh, there's so many important things that you, you raised, but anything great is always done together. And that's been true in my, my own life, but I, I mean, it's true in so many ways if you just look out. And so, you know, I, I just happen to be the most recent person sitting in a particular role, but that in, by definition, that job and that organization is a collaborative. It is a connector and a, uh, an enabler. It is certainly not a, you know, a single entity that is out here to save or do anything. It, it is to galvanize and catalyze things that people already knew or felt like they uh, wanted to do. We just help them do it. Right. And uh, so whether that is helping us address this wave of new uh, young professionals that want to come here, or whether that's attracting small businesses that are interested in in the sustainability culture that is starting to develop here, you know, from just and all the initiatives that the city has taken to be 
kind of a, a clean forward facing city and just the natural uh, part of being right on the blue line of the Adirondack park, which is bigger than half of new England, you know, all of that is just right here. And so our job is to figure out how to uh, connect people to the resources they need to be successful at that. Mm-hmm. And also the people that will um, enable them and, and make them better. Uh, that's true right in, into my own organization. I've got to go build uh, a generation of people because I'm a caretaker and what I need is to go find the people who are going to take over from me and take it to the next place. And right. increasingly those are going to be um, younger uh, people with ideas and energy to go well beyond mine. I'm particularly looking for women too, because I think that uh, we need a balanced perspective. Uh, we certainly need a woman's view of how the the best way for our uh, community to continue to develop. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I think about some of the, when we were talking about all the, a day in the life of, of this area, we didn't even mention what it's like to try to um, raise a family here, but you know, you can, in a single day, you can not only have your child go to a, a, a literally a wonderful public school, but you could take them to a children's museum or you could engage right. them in uh, a world-class art and museum, you know, cultures literally around the corner. You could go skiing for two hours at West Mountain and carpool there like you were going to a soccer game. Right. All of that's part of a day uh, life here too. Yes. And, and that's why, to me, uh, finding... A, a balance of, of young and maybe more experienced people on the team, uh, men and women's perspective, parents and non-parents. Yes. All of these facets to me are part of the, the shared vision of what the future looks like that we want to build together. But we have so much texture to do it from. Right. So uh, to me, it's just about figuring out how to take this and not mess this up, you know, <laughs> because there's so much good. And now I'm pretty judicious about trying to find the people who would help because I'm, I'm covetous of the opportunity. You know, we, we need the very best people who are just as convicted as I am to figure out how to apply ourselves to making it the best we possibly can be. You, you said something that stands out to me because I often feel this way too. And uh, I was having a conversation with one of our members this morning and talking about, um, you know, all that goes on in the community and work smart and, um, just had said, you know, you said caretaker and, and I really can identify with that word because that's how I feel. This isn't about me. This isn't about Jim. This isn't about us. This is, we're, we're caretakers of these resources, whether it be human resources or the, the natural resources of the area. And it's our job to, you know, go out and um, do the best that we can with what we have and to appreciate that. Well, so. and, and to make sure that they sustain, you know, I, right. my whole life has been building towards this idea of sustainability, but I think oftentimes people tend to, to pigeonhole that into something that is environmental or ecological. Right. And that is certainly a component of sustainability in others. But to sustain means to endure, to be able to survive, to you know grow and thrive, and that is got facets in all the things we've talked about. You know, we, we have to develop people so that they can grow into those leadership roles and continue to be good stewards of the place right. and all of the organizations and and things that are here. 
but we also need to develop the protect and develop the resources themselves so that they'll still be here for future generations. And we got to build a business economy that will allow people to make a fair living and do all of those things. And they're not mutually exclusive. In fact, when they're, when you think about them collectively, that's the way that they're most best addressed. Right. Absolutely. Um, before I forget, I just want you to share with us how people can get in touch with you or with the EDC. You know, we're, we're really committing hard to uh, making ourselves much more accessible. When I, when I got here, we had a website and we communicated oftentimes via email to anybody that was already on our distribution list. But mm-hmm. that, as my daughter says, 2003 called and they want their process back. <laughs> you know, we, we weren't in any social media and right. we really weren't working very hard to get out you know, into the place, we kind of expected people to connect with us. Right. That's not how, you know, things are best done. Yeah. So uh, we now have uh, at least a presence on most social media and I'm trying to quickly put, uh, in fact, the next person I'm going to hire is somebody who's going to help us, you know, continue to, to grow that whole thing. But, um, you know, we can be connected with on, on LinkedIn from a business perspective, uh, Facebook from a community perspective, Instagram from a personal perspective, our website, we continue to try to expand. I've got a blog in there where I'm doing content all the time about uh, what it's like to be here, the people that are making this place great. Love those stories. Yeah. And, and the idea is, to, it, it's also interesting that we now have as much readership outside of Warren County as we do inside of Warren County in, in only a few short months. And that's because the stories that we're telling are authentic. The people right. are real and the, uh, the stuff is compelling and people have a thirst for what it is that we have. And now it's, we want to make that accessible. So certainly anyone can reach out. The, the most direct way is to go to our website and, you know, all of our numbers and emails and all of our information is there, but on almost any social media platform, if you look for the EDC of Warren County, you would find us. And quite honestly, we're going to try to find you. We're going to be targeting content that hopefully is going to be interesting enough that you would find it organically in your box. Right or your feed. And, and then hopefully you, you look at it and say, there's value in that. And I want to connect and follow that. That's exciting to, to say, we've got something special and we're not keeping it to ourselves. We're going to share it and we want to share it with you. And I've engaged um, with the EDC on LinkedIn. If, um, if our listeners, if you're not following the EDC on LinkedIn, I encourage you to do so as well as the other social media platforms, because there are a lot of, um, I guess, feel good kind of stories, but really a demonstration of you can build it here. It can be done here um, and it can be sustained here. So I love reading the blogs and in the new posts. And listen, Jim, I, I'm like I said, I consider it a privilege to serve in the capacity that WorkSmart is able to serve. And I'm Looking forward to um, partnering with the EDC in any way that we can and supporting the work that you're doing in any way that we can. And just excited to embrace the future together. We are, I feel like we are, we're here and we're going to keep moving forward. And before we go, I just want you to, to answer one more question for me, if you would. Tell me if you had to move, because there are circumstances that do take us, uh, you know, outside of the Glens Falls area. So if you had to move and you could say one thing that you would missed most, what would it be? Wow. Um, well, first of all, I don't plan on it. Uh, this, this is where I've, 
This is where I've planted and uh, my family loves it. Uh, my, my kids think of it as their uh, adopted new hometown and um, they are completely connected to it. My wife is deeply ingrained in the community too. So uh, we're here, but in the mythical world that you talked about, um, I, I don't believe that I've ever had the uh, quality of life that's made up of people and place. And so, you know, the, the day that we walk through, that's filled with both uh, wonder that comes from being at the foot of the Adirondacks and all that that provides mm. and being in a community of people who I find are uh, remarkable, you know, remarkable doers, remarkable collaborators. Uh, some of the uh, most, um, I think, industrious and, and fulfilling relationships I've ever had are, are here. And so I, I, I just couldn't imagine uh, not having that in my mm -hmm. life, but I would miss it terribly. Mm -hmm. I, I would miss the combination of people and place in a way that it would be a yawning hole. Okay. Thank you so much for sitting down and having a conversation with me this morning. I appreciate that. Well, you know, Christy, uh, I'm always happy to do it, but I, I want to thank you for well, your faith in the community. You're, you know, what you're doing here with the place and, and your uh, belief in it and your uh, expansion into more of it in downtown is a, is a wonderful thing. It, it helps us all believe that we're on the same path and um, you're going to be a remarkable resource to not only us at the EDC, but all the people that we serve. So uh, we're privileged and honored to continue to work with you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right, listeners, you heard us brag about Glens Falls. It's what we love to do. Thanks for tuning in and uh, join us next time when we sit down with the mayor of Glens Falls, Mayor Dan Hall, and you know where to meet us just off Glen. Thanks for listening. This podcast was recorded at WorkSmart Coworking and Meeting Space in downtown Glens Falls and produced by Black Mountain Visuals. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Join us again next time. We'll meet just off Glen.